Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Teaching Online with Jeff. In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about strategies to help you adapt your course from being a face-to-face course to an online course. I know a lot of teachers are struggling with, with that right now especially having to do that under a really, really short amount of time. And so I just want to talk about a couple strategies and some ways to think about the components of your course and then some ways to think about how to adapt them so you can use them for online delivery. So the first thing is that when you are teaching in a course of any type, your course is typically made up of three components. There's instruction, assessment, and then there's social interaction. Instruction is anything that you would use as material to give your students new information that they don't already have. So that would be any video you create, any audio you create, any reading you would have your students do, all of that would fall under instruction. The second component would be assessment, and that's the way that you are assessing how well your students are learning that new material. And that can be anything from a quiz or an essay to group projects, Those would all be things that you might have as assessment. And then the third component is the social learning component, and that's the social interaction. And that's any discussion that you might have your students do or any type of processing of the information that you'd want to have them do as a group. So those components go into any class, regardless of whether it's online or face-to-face. So the question is, what are the steps that you need to take if you want to adapt a course from being a face-to-face course to an online course? So let's go in reverse order. What's going to require the least amount of adaptation? What's going to require the most adaptation? The least amount of adaptation is going to be in your assessments, because those usually can be easily translated from what you were doing in a face-to-face class to an online class. So the easiest ones, any type of essays you're going to have your students write, any type of quizzes you're going to have your students take, yes, it does take some work to translate those into an online format, but if you're using a learning management system, that makes things a lot easier. If you don't have one provided through your school, I highly recommend one called Canvas. It's free for teachers to use. I'll put information in the show notes so you can look at that. But any good learning management system is going to give you the ability to put assignments in there fairly easily. The part that's going to require a little bit of adaptation, but what we've talked about in a previous episode, is any type of instruction that you're going to do. Most likely, you're going to have to record any presentations or lectures that you were going to do. And again, you can do that in audio or video. Check out the last episode to get more information on that. A couple things I want to say in addition to that. Know that when you are doing instruction in a way that's going to be more permanent, in other words, when you know you're going to be recording and have kind of the record of the instruction that you've done. There are some changes that you can make to the way that you would normally teach that will feel a little bit out of the norm, but will actually make it easier for you to teach online. So the first one is that know that you don't have to repeat yourself as often when you are teaching in a recorded space. When you're doing a lecture, when you're up in front of a group of students, usually the assumption that you have to make is that that's going to be the only time your students hear that piece of instruction. And so you want to repeat your points, you want to say where you're going, where you're at, where you've been, all of the things that go into good teaching. When you're recording it, though, your students have the ability to pause you, to rewind you, to rewatch you, and all of those things are things to take into account. You don't have to repeat yourself as often, and you can go through things a little bit more quickly because your students are going to be able to interact with you in a way that they can't when they are working with you in a live setting. The other thing to think about is that you want to keep your video and audio specific in a topic. 
And the reason why is that it gives your students the ability to go back and hear what you were teaching and reference that material later. So you'll notice that in the podcast episodes that I'm doing, I'm trying to keep the topics really specific because I know that if you want to go back and listen to a podcast episode, you don't want to have to sort through when I was talking through like eight different things. You want to go back to the one where Jeff was like, okay, how do I adapt my course or how do I record video and audio or what should I be considering with that? You can go very quickly back to that course and most likely you can say, Jeff said something around four minutes in the third episode, so I can go there and you'll be able to find it much more quickly. Your students Students are going to do the same thing with any video or audio that you record. So those are two things to keep in mind as you're adapting your instruction. The third one that probably feels the most difficult to every online instructor is how do you do social interaction online? Again, as we talked about in a previous episode, online learning can feel very isolated and it can feel like a very solo project if it's not designed the right way. One of the things to think about is that the way that the interaction is going to happen is going to be different. It is very hard to get everybody in the same place at the same time, even in a situation like this. It's very hard to adapt that in an online space. So one of the choices that you have to make is whether you're going to do your interaction synchronously or with everybody in the same place at the same time, or asynchronously. And my recommendation would actually be to think about the way that you would have led discussions before and try to do those more asynchronously. If you're using a good learning management system, pretty much any one of them is going to have a discussion or a forum module that you can use to lead discussions. And the way that you set those up is that you pose questions and have students answer them. That's going to be the best way to get the best interaction. And usually the strategy that I would say is, what are the follow-up questions? So after your students do their instruction and maybe after they do an assessment activity or something like that, what are the follow-up questions that you want your students to go through? And what are the things that you would want to ask them and have them interact with after they've gone through that instruction? That's what you do for your for your interaction. And I would would say you would be surprised at some of the really good conversation that you get can get going when you do that in an asynchronous fashion. In other words, when you use something like a discussion forum. If you are going to do things synchronously, know that there are a lot of video conferencing tools out there. There's Zoom, though there's privacy and security issues with that. There's Cisco WebEx. Uh, there's Google Hangouts. Uh, if you want to use uh, more consumer-facing ones, you can use Google Duo or the iPhone's FaceTime or just iOS FaceTime that you can use on tablets or computers. Know that all of those options are available to you, and they are all typically free. And so that's something to think about. The other thing to think about is that your students, when they are doing projects and when they're doing group things together, can still use those same tools to work with each other. And so if you have group activities, don't think that you just automatically have to cancel them. Think about ways that they can adapt it, but know that those tools that help you connect your class are the same tools that they can use to connect to each other. And so those are some things to think about. There's a lot more that we could say about that, but that's really the way to think about it. Social interaction still happens. It may just need to happen in a more asynchronous fashion rather than everything happening at the same time. So I hope that's been helpful. Um, That's going to wrap it up for this episode. If you like this, please uh, share it with those that you know, subscribe, leave a rating, and we will keep coming back to these topics and diving into them more. And so I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.